0: blog talk radio finally a global program specifically for wealthy philanthropic women who are humble gracious leaders Sylvia Global's host Gil Sylvia invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations households business and communities trustworthy live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Good morning. Thank you so much
1: for being here with me today. I am very excited to have an incredible um, young lady with us. Her name is Esther Spencer. Esther was the t- a 2010 um winner of the 100 Urban Entrepreneurs Pitch Competition. She won the coveted $10,000 prize for her business proposal, which is now her existing business, My Final Proof, or Final Proof. It's an editing, proofreading, writing, consulting business that's web-based and accessible to everyone around the world. Esther, thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, you
1: sound very clear. Good. Thanks so much for being here, Esther. Tell us how you um, tell us about your experience with 100 Urban Entrepreneurs.
2: Okay. Well, I um, had a friend who was working with um, uh, Stephen Pargets, and he was putting up flyers and spreading the word about the pitch competition that was going to be coming to. university that I worked at at the time, which was Florida A&M University, and I heard about the competition, and I was um, slowly growing my business, and I felt like that would be a good opportunity to get the financial support that would help me to expand. So when I heard about the pitch competition, I looked up the website and found out about the company and decided that I wanted to go ahead and pitch my um, business idea to the 100 Urban Entrepreneurs.
1: What was the experience like, and um, for you, prior, you know, preparing for the competition?
2: It was nerve-wracking. Um, as I think, as everyone who has a business knows, is just such an emotional process because. Actually being an entrepreneur and starting something on your own, um, you put a lot of yourself into it. So I was very nervous because when it comes to actually doing the work of editing and proofreading, I can do that very well. But when it comes to actually selling myself and talking about marketing and business strategies, that was beyond me. But I did some research um, and felt like I could market myself, or this would be a good business to be financially supported because it's not something that is um, oversaturated in the market. And being in a college town working at a university, I felt like I could um, tell them there was a client base out there for me, so it would be a good business for them to support. So being able to say those things, and the way they had it set up was we had to uh, sign up ahead of time and get basically – pre approved or make it past the first round. And you'd have to actually go to the event to find out if you did make it um past the first round and that's when I found out. And from there there were two rounds where they asked you questions based on your answer, decided if you were going to continue with the competition. Well
1: so how many people ended up competing?
2: Wow, um I should remember this but it's been so long ago. I think from the the initial people who were in the room, I think maybe it was around uh, forty, and the people who actually competed, I think maybe it was narrowed down to thirty or twenty five. I think, be- but I don't. But don't quote me on that because I could okay. be a little off of my numbers.
1: Okay. And after you won, um, what what do you? Well, let me put it this way: What do you attribute your success to in winning that competition?
2: I would say I. Um, got a lot of community support, definitely. There was, I believe it was the second round. Um, we had to, um, I think, talk about the importance or who we could reach with our business. And once I gave my pitch, I got a, um, a round of applause to the audience. And the other competitors hadn't Nobody had done that for the other competitors. And what happened was that I told a few of my friends that I was competing and the word kind of spread. So I had a lot of people from the community come out and support me. And I think um, that definitely helped, but also being able to articulate that I have experience when it comes to editing and proofreading because I had been working at the Writing Resource Center at Florida A M and University at the time, and I had actually been there for seven years, I left uh, in August, so I could go to school time. So being able to explain to them that I have an expertise in this area, but I just need uh, support and mentorship and financial backing for my business, I think they were able to see that, and that's what helped me with Oh, Do you remember the pitch that you gave? Not <laughs> not <laughs> word for word. We had, I think it was one minute. Yes. Um I don't remember it word for word, but i mostly focused on I wanted to do editing and proofreading, and there was a market for that because you have students, professionals, and small businesses who do need the assistance to polish their documents so they're able to look professional and reach their um, market. And because I have the skills that I have, and a lot of people don't like English, don't like writing, and lack some of these skills because they don't practice them on a daily basis, they can come to me um and use my services to be polished and be professional and be successful in their business.
1: Esther, I'm having trouble um hearing you. It's it's muffled. And is there a maybe another location that you might be able to to move to
2: where we can see if we can get a clear sound? Okay, I will um try to do that. Is it better there? No. No. Okay, can you hear me now? It's a little bit
1: better. So, um, after you won the pitch competition, what um, were the next steps?
2: Okay, the next step, can you hear me now? It's better. Okay, the next step involved being part of the 100 Urban Entrepreneurs Program, and that started... It, well it was initially was supposed to start in January of the next year, but they wanted to do more pitches and have more people in the program so we could all go through it um, together. So it didn't actually start until uh, May of 2011.
1: And what was that process?
2: It was very intense. Uh, it was basically a um, I think we did it for around three months. So it was kind of like an in- intensive business school program where each week we had a spec- we covered a specific topic. So we talked about finances, we talked about marketing, we talked about using technology, we talked about social social media. Um, so they talked to us about different aspects of our business and that was important for us in terms of being able to grow our business. So we would meet once um, a week with a guest mentor, and then individually with our groups we would work on um, answering different questions as our, in regards to our business and doing um, marketing research.
1: And how did you apply this to your business, your, the type of business that you're in? Because some of the other 100 urban entrepreneur winners are basically in a retail business. Yes. Yes.
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so my, my business is definitely unique, uh, and I think because of that, it's taking time.
1: You're going out.
2: It's the, hello. Yeah. Okay. I, you were muffled again. Oh. Okay. Sorry. I yeah, re- that's that. better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, with me, I've in terms of applying what I have learned, I've been doing it little by little um, because it's just me and the bulk of my time I want I need to spend on actually doing the work of editing and proofreading um, so when it comes to marketing and making sure things um, the other aspects of the business are sound, um, I'm, I'm basically going slow so I don't make any uh, missteps so some of the things I've implemented is I've created a Facebook page for Final Proof. I've, um, on Twitter, I need to do better at actually promoting myself uh, <laughs> but again, because me is taking time to incorporate social media and that's something that they push for us because it is a free way for us to market ourselves in a way we can reach a wide audience. Um, so that has been um, promising. I have had a few contacts through those networks. Um, I, In terms of the legal advice they gave us, I made sure I was already – my business was already registered as Elevated Expressions. Um, But they talked to us about – again, they focused on marketing, so I had to change my name to Final Proof, something that would fit specifically with the work that I do. So I have to get that registered, get that trademark, uh, so that is done. um, But the website – so that kind of – things are together and the website is, is created. So I've incorporated those kind of things in terms of what I've learned, um, but but there's definitely more things I need to incorporate. It, but I'm I'm doing it at, at at the pace I I can with work and school and and life.
1: And life just balancing all of it. Now, yes. do you have are, are you married? Do you have children? And you know, what does the rest of your life consist of?
2: Yes, I was married this year actually, February 18th. Oh, congratulations! Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm newly married, no children yet. I started grad school, so I'm working on my Ph.D. in literature and folklore, and I started in August, so I'll be in school for around five years. Um, And the the reason why I went back is because I wanted to continue to learn and gain skills in terms of research and writing because it is something that I love to do. And um, the program, program I am in, I, intend, I attend Florida State University, and they actually have a certificate for editing and publishing. And that's something I wanted to get just to have, um, in addition to the work experience that I had from working at the writing center, just to have more credibility with my company.
1: Have you been interested in editing and writing since you were a a little girl? Where was this interest developed?
2: Yes, I've always loved writing. Um, In terms of my background story, I'm an immigrant. I was born in London, but we lived in London and Nigeria until I was eight. So when we first came here, it was culture shock, to say the least. So and I was very much quiet, a loner, so I would always write, and that's how I dealt with my issues. So writing has always been with me. But in terms of editing and proofreading, it was something that developed through my work experience. Uh, because I, w- I did have an English background, I was usually the one people would come to in terms of asking to proof something or give people advice. And my work at the Writing Center, we work with, the community of FAMU, so mostly students, mostly English composition, both students who are taking English composition classes, but we also work with upperclassmen and grad students. So a grad student came in one day wanting help on her thesis. She was working on a master's, and we could give her feedback, but it is not the Writing Center's policy to actually edit somebody's dissertation because, number one, it's would just be too many hours in a day And we help students with writing, but we can't do the writing for them. So my director told her to basically work with me um, independently, and that's kind of how it started on a larger scale. So I worked with her on her thesis, and then um, she recommended me to other students. She actually was a nursing student, um, and that's kind of how, uh, through word of mouth, my business started uh, to grow. So I've worked with a lot of academic texts so thesis, dissertation, student essays, but I've also edited. Um, I had two young people who are working on book ideas, um, so I've worked on those kind of projects as well as resumes and cover letters.
1: How uh, how does the type of document that you have to edit vary in terms of the skills needed to do the job because a nursing thesis document is very different from, you know, a student essay.
2: Oh, yes. The the skills are... Different in terms of how much energy I'm putting in certain areas. So, for example, someone who's working on a thesis is heavily driven by a particular style or, or research method that they're using. So, nursing students have to write in APA, which is a manual style developed by the American Psychological Association. So, that means I have to look at a lot of formatting, looking at their in text citation, their reference making sure the argument they're making is supported by what they've included within their text. So that is a um, a larger project of what students do with a student essay. So it's similar in the sense with the essay you also are using outside research, but because the paper is only two to three pages, it's not on the same scale as a thesis. So the skills are similar, but with the bigger project, of course, is going to take more time is going to take me asking more probing questions to make sure I understand what the what the writer is saying. To make sure I can um, let them know whether they are articulating their points clearly or if there are areas that they need to develop.
1: How affordable are your services, especially when you're dealing with students?
2: My my uh, services are pretty affordable in terms of the research I did with other editing and proofreading businesses. I'm pretty I would say in the middle. And for smaller projects, I charge by the page, and I charge four dollars to for per page, which I classify as two hundred and fifty words for proofreading, and then it's five dollars page, 250 words for editing. When it comes to larger projects like a thesis or dissertation where I'm working with something around 200 or 300 words, I usually give a bulk rate depending on where the student is in terms of their writing.
1: Is that a student rate or is that the professional rate as well?
2: Oh, that's that's the, um, the standard rate. My rate standard. is the same for everyone, okay. yes. But if they, um, if I'm working on a project where I would have to do things like fix formatting, such as in-text citation or bibliography, that's going to be a separate charge because those things are extremely tedious and take a lot more time than actually re- re- reading a narrative or text and going through it for structural, grammatical, idea development issues.
1: Do you work with students or writers who are for whom English is a second language?
2: I've worked with both um and for i uh, students where English is their second language i've worked with they've been mostly graduate students that i've that i've worked with where English was their second language um and and i i w- in terms of my experience in the writing center uh, I definitely have experience in that in regards to actually teaching and um talking to students about understanding the specifics of the English language. So I've done a lot of that with my work experience, and in terms of my own personal business, I've dealt with that with graduate students. Uh,
1: do most universities have writing centers?
2: Yes, actually, and it, it's interesting. I didn't, even, I didn't realize how big writing centers were um, in, in regard to the English field until I started working on one and started attending conferences. And the reason why writing centers are important is because you, you have students who are coming from various backgrounds who are expected to write at the college level for varying courses and they might not have certain skills for those specific courses. So writing center is helpful because we are we promote writing and looking at writing as something that everyone can do but is giving people the specific skills they need to meet um their desired goals. So I started working in the Writing Center at FAMU in 2005, actually as a graduate student because I attended FAMU to um, earn my master's in applied social science there. Um, So I stayed with Florida A.M. University and became a a full-time employee there, the curriculum coordinator at um, their writing center. And now that I'm at FSU in a Ph.D. program, I also have to tutor at FSU's writing center. Um, and in my going attending different conferences, I've I've seen quite a few writing centers um, throughout the U.S. So it's definitely something I would say that is in the majority of schools. But because of funding issues and staffing issues, some universities' writing centers are a lot smaller than others.
1: What are the qualifications of your staff?
2: Qualifications? Um, if I look for people with. Experience with either work experience or academic experience, um, someone who, through writing samples and through an interview process, show that they um, c- can not only write but they can edit and proofread, and those are two different skills. Um, so, being able to go back and look at somebody else's work in with a basically a magnifying glass and asking questions to make sure. Um, what they're saying makes sense. It's organized. It's fluid. Um, it's structured well. And being able to look for places where those things aren't meshing or working well, and being able to give advice on how to make those things better. Um, and if, when it comes to I th- my field, is definitely flexible. There isn't necessarily a number of years of experience. It's just more so what I what I gather from looking at. Um, some of these resumes and interviews, and actually looking at their writing sample.
1: Do you have uh, employment opportunities?
2: I do. Um, right now, I have paused on hiring just so I can get situated with school. Um, but anyone who's interested can definitely send um, me through my website, can send me an email. And also forward me their resume or their CV.
1: Okay. And how would they get in touch with you?
2: They can. My phone number is area code four one nine three two zero seven eight five two, and my email is the name of the website myfinalproof at gmail dot com. So they can reach me via both of those means.
1: And then also again, your website is myfinalproof.com. dot yeah. com. Uh, yes. I have a few more questions before we uh, wrap up this uh, very informative conversation. Uh, do you accept clients outside of the United States?
2: Yes, I do. I haven't worked with any so far, but I do. And that's the great thing about having an Internet or an online business. I'm able to interact with people outside of the city, outside of the country. So I do, but I as as of this point, I only accept u s currency, so that would be the only issue, but I do work with international um, clients.
1: Is there a specific file type that a client would need to use when uploading a file to you?
2: Yes, to upload it would only accept Word documents, but if um someone was interested and they had a document in a different format, they would just need to email me and I can work with them um, through email that accepts all um, file types as opposed to just Word.
1: um, What's the normal time frame for turnaround?
2: Okay, so that depends on the project I'm working on. For I'm not in front of my website, so I apologize, but you can get the actual information on the website. But I have a 72 turnaround for, I think, something that's between... Oh,
1: 15 um, pages or less. Yes, yes. Okay, and then um, six day turnaround if it's 16 to 30 pages, and then it goes, excuse me, upwards of 76 pages to 90 pages can take as little as 18 days for you to turn it around. Yes. Okay. Oh, you you mentioned APA standards, you know, for formatting of paper. There are also the MLA, Chicago, and AP styles. Can you distinguish those for our listeners?
2: Yes, okay. So Chicago style, and because I have my master's in history, I had to learn Chicago style, and that's what I had to use. So in terms of, I guess, differentiating in in regards to what the actual essay looks like, with Chicago you're using footnotes. So that's when you see the number by a word that's in the actual text, and that number corresponds with the number at the footnote, which is at the bottom of the page, or end notes, which are the notes at the end of the whole essay. So that's going to be Chicago. And then Chicago also has a reference page that comes at the end. The field that usually uses Chicago is history, political science, um, economics sometimes. Um, but you, know, you you see some flexibility depending on professor and depending on the university. But for the most part, history departments use Chicago. MLA, the Modern Language Association style, is used for the for English departments, humanities courses. So that's where you have an in-text citation. So if you see a document and you see a paragraph, which we call the parenthetical reference, and there's an author's last name and page number, and you have a works cited page at the end, that's when you're using MLA. APA, that's usually for the social sciences, so pharmacy, nursing. Um, fields where research is extremely important and in the insect citation what sticks out is the year that the source was um was the source that the writer is using was published. So that's important because they are uh they do a lot of um what's the word I'm looking for? Oh uh, my brain's not working. Um but their, their research has to do with if, if it's something in pharmacy, they're talking about research in specific medicine so if you're using something that was published in 1986 but somebody else says wait, Dr. Scott published this information that's updated in 1992 your research will be questioned because your information is not up to date so the field that a writer is in is going to determine what type of formatting and writing style that they would have Use for that specific, for, for that field.
1: And you're trained in each of these areas.
2: Yes. In terms of my work at the writing center, I I was the one responsible for doing workshops on how to um, use the different formatting styles. So I'm very proficient with APA, MLA, Chicago. Now, AP style I'm not that familiar with, but that's the one that's used for journalism.
1: Do you have access to proof um, proof readers and editors who are familiar with the AP style and want to um, hire your company?
2: Uh, At this moment, no, but I'm sure it's something that that would come. Most of the work I've received hasn't been with AP style, um, but from my understanding, it's not. It's actually not as difficult as the other. Formatting styles to use, so I'm sure with the once I read through it, I'll be able to 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 use A B style.
1: Do you do workshops via the internet?
2: Yes, that's um, that's something that a part part of the reason why I wanted to develop the business was to be able to do workshops, so I can reach people who aren't in universities who wouldn't have access to writing centers because most of them are specifically for the student because they are coming out of student fees and being paid, you know, for by the students. So I wanted to be able to do workshops to reach people who were interested in learning um, certain areas of grammar because some people, there are just certain rules that they don't know, and once they know those, they'll be able to correct them or make sure they don't make those mistakes in their writing. So I can do workshops over the Internet or even on sites and, um, that's worked out on a individual basis, and again, anyone who's interested can contact me directly through email, and we can um talk about how to make that process happen
1: before we go, Esther, share with the listener again how they can contact you.
2: okay, I can be reached uh my phone number is area code four one nine three two zero seven eight five two I'm also accessible via e- uh, email, myfinalproof at gmail.com, and my website is www.myfinalproof.com.
1: Esther Spencer, owner of Final Proof Editing, Proofreading, Writing, um, Consulting Business, and an incredible um, woman doing amazing work and offering services to help you. Um, represent yourself while in your writing skills and projects and papers that you have to submit for the public and for professors. Esther, thank you so much for being here today on Sylvia Global and much success to you.
2: Thank you very much and it's been an honor. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Good luck to you.
2: Thank you. You've been listening
0: to Sylvia Global with your host Gail Sylvia. Become a subscriber to Sylvia Global for unique listener opportunities. Follow on Twitter and like them on Facebook. For more information, go to www.sylviaglobal.com. That's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com.